Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path with me, your host, Cherokee. So this week, before we get into the main topic, this is my Cherry's Book Club week. So because the topic this week is kind of a fun tongue-in-cheek topic, I didn't want to pick a book that was really heavy because most, weird, weirdly enough, not weirdly enough because I am a strange and unusual person, most of the books that I read are like heavy, dark, I don't know, macabre kind of books. And I thought that reviewing a book like that would be a little too much for this week. So I actually was looking through my autobiographies and one of my favorite, oddly enough, favorite autobiographies was Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis. And I am really not a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, but I do like reading autobiographies and it was suggested to me by many friends. So I did read it. For those not familiar, Anthony Kiedis is the singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers. A strange celebrity sighting, side note, I did actually see him once eating at a restaurant in Portland before I moved there, uh, moved here from there. He was so short. I think he's maybe like five, seven, five, eight. I thought he would be taller, but also mega babe. Anthony Kiedis was one of my first crushes. Come on. Under the bridge video with him and his long hair and his pecs just flapping in the wind. Um, he actually was buff. That makes it sound like his skin was flappy, but it was in slow motion. So what do you do? Anyways, his book was so interesting. He was raised in Hollywood. I think his his dad, maybe, maybe his mom, one of them was in Hollywood in some way, shape or form. So he was raised in Hollywood. He went to Hollywood high school. His Cher was his babysitter and he was best friends with River Phoenix and he was there the night he died. His life was just really, really interesting. And the way that he wrote everything was interesting. He was also a really extreme drug addict. So there's a lot of that in there. I don't know if you like autobiographies, if you like modern autobiographies that aren't about, you know, people of times past, I would highly suggest reading Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis, even if you are not a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. This week we're talking pet peeves. When I was coming up with this topic, I thought, you know, I just wanted to kind of do just like a fun random topic that didn't have to do with any like major life things. And I thought, you know, this might be kind of a negative topic, but then I thought, you know what, this is just like a fun tongue in cheek topic. So if you do any of these things that we talk about as pet peeves, please don't take it as a personal attack. Uh, we all do annoying things. I know I can be the most annoying human in the world, but when I was kind of looking up pet peeves, I, I realized I didn't really know the origin of what a pet peeve was. So the definition of a pet peeve, the definition I saw from the Merriam-Webster dictionary, pet peeves often involve specific behaviors of someone close, such as a spouse or a significant other. These behaviors may involve disrespect, manners, personal hygiene, relationships, and family issues. A key aspect of a pet peeve is that it may well seem acceptable or insignificant to others, while the person is likewise not bothered by things that might upset others. So I thought this was interesting because I think the universal meaning of a pet peeve has turned into something bigger where it might not necessarily be someone close to you. 
Like I, my pet peeves involve strangers in airports. So I think that that part of it uh, was kind of out the window when I was talking about my personal pet peeves and also when I was taking stories from other people. But essentially what a pet peeve is, is something that someone else does that might seem insignificant and unbothersome to one person, but to you, it's like the most annoying, frustrating, disgusting, whatever it may be, bothersome thing. So it was funny. I took stories and questions, obviously on my social media. If you guys want to submit stories and questions for a future podcast, be sure to follow my socials. I am at the cherry doll face on everything. But I was reading through all of these and the funny thing is, is the number one thing on my list was also the number one thing that people were talking about also being their pet peeve, which leads me to wonder who are the people doing these things because it seems like everyone is annoyed by it. But anyways, this first pet peeve is chewing with your mouth open or talking with your mouth full. I cannot stand the sound of mouth chomping. I remember in high school, I had a friend and she loved bananas. She ate bananas all of the time. And when she would eat them, she would, instead of using her teeth to chew them, she would kind of use her tongue to mush the banana up against the top of her mouth. But She would do it with her mouth open. And it was the most disgusting, off-putting. It just makes me wonder, do I chew with my mouth open or talk with my mouth full? And I don't realize I'm doing it because it seemed to be the thing that everybody said was absolutely disgusting and bothersome and off-putting. And if everybody thinks this is gross, then who is it that's actually doing it? It is a conundrum for the ages. So the next pet peeve is actually just my personal pet peeve. And this, I think, comes a lot from traveling, but also it has been magnified during COVID. I cannot stand people that stand I can't stand, there's too many stands in there. I can't stand people that stand too close to you. And I think I had a kind of a aha moment. I was actually at Disneyland a few years ago and there was an Indian family standing behind me, like in India, Indians, not Native American Indians. And the whole family was standing so close. The kids kept like bumping the back of me with their little kid heads. And I just kept thinking like, why aren't these parents doing anything? It's like their kids were running around like crazy. They were just standing really close and the parents were too. And, you know, I'm thinking in my head like, oh, it's so rude and I can't believe this and I'm giving him dirty looks. And then I realized like, maybe it's cultural because I've never been to India. So I don't know how close they stand. I know in a lot of European countries, people stand uncomfortably close to my American standards. And I think too, especially, you know, I was thinking maybe countries that have bigger populations, cities that are more crowded, public transportation that's more crowded. I also know that in a lot of cities, forming a line or a queue, if you're European, is not common. Where here you think, okay, if you all want to get to one place, you all stand in line. Well, I know in a lot of Asian countries, that's really uncommon. I'm not sure if India is the same. Um, I mean, India is Asia, but So that was one thing that kind of struck me, like maybe it's cultural and people stand really close to you. So I kind of gave more allowance for that after that experience. But then when COVID hit, I'm thinking, if you don't stand six feet away from me, we're going to kill each other. And that's not cultural, that's pandemical. (laughs) So that is one thing that it does drive me crazy. And now I, I actually have been vaccinated. I've had both doses of the vaccine. So I'm not as worried about myself, but I just still think in general, people need to back the hell off and not stand so close to each other. Another thing that came from my many years of traveling and being in airports was people that talk loudly on the phone or FaceTime in public. Don't get me wrong. I have talked on the phone in public, but I don't 
make it a habit to let the whole world know my business of what I am talking about on the phone or like laugh screaming in public, especially for me. Like if I'm sitting in an airport, I'm trying to like read a book or relax. And there's a lot of people that have really bad flying anxiety. So you're sitting in an airport, just trying to decompress and calm yourself. And then you have somebody, you know, talking about their yeast infection on the phone. I was actually in a bathroom stall once in a stall next to a lady that was on the phone and she was talking about her mud butt on the phone to whoever she was talking to very loudly. And if you have ever been in a public restroom stall, you know, they are echoey because they're, there's no cloth or furniture to absorb the sound. So she was sharing with the whole world, her mud butt conundrum. And it was not what I wanted to hear. So especially these days, text that stuff. Like a text is so easy. If you need to make a quick phone call, if it's like an emergency situation or, you know, you've been waiting for a call from your lawyer or something like that, that's fine. Take the call, speak quietly, go find a quiet corner. I just think it's rude to involve people in your loud conversations. And the FaceTime thing is really weird to me too. I don't understand why people FaceTime in public. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. So when talking about driving, there are a lot of pet peeves that I have. I live in LA, so my driving pet peeves have all pretty much been discovered living in this city. I'm from Oregon, where it's like the land of of polite drivers. And you turn your signal on and the person next to you goes, oh, you'd like to come over? Let me slow down a little so I can let you in. Or it's like you're merging. It's like, no, no, you first. No, 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 you first. It's just like such a, I mean, it's probably probably different now because it's been so long since I've lived there, but that was how I learned how to drive. And living in LA, it's no, no, me first, me first, me first, me first, always. Everybody is more important than everybody else. But the thing that really drives me insane is people that wait to the last minute to merge into a lane onto the freeway. I have the exit to get to my house there's an entrance onto the freeway right before my exit. So I'm always in the far right lane because I want to, you know, get over when I need to get over. Well, this entrance onto the freeway, it's where two freeways merge together. And the entrance is not even kidding, probably a half mile long. It is a half mile of a lane that you have to get over to merge onto the freeway. And people will wait until the dotted lines are gone and the single white line is there to like swerve over at the last minute. And I don't let people in that, pisses me off. If they want to merge where the dotted lines are, where they have plenty of space and time and they put their signal on, I will be happy to let them in. But when they do that shit, I get so mad. And I actually, this, there was a guy in a Prius once and he was trying to merge over and I didn't want to let him in. He actually, so he swerved behind me and then sped up on the left side of me and then cut me off on the right. He actually drove me off the freeway. Like he drove me into the shoulder. If I hadn't have swerved into the shoulder, he would have hit me. And he happened to be a Lyft driver because he had the Lyft sticker on his car. So I emailed Lyft with his license plate and told them that he was a dangerous driver. So I hope he got fired. But I think going hand in hand with pet peeves, driving pet peeves is inconsiderate people, self-entitled drivers and drivers that just like don't know how to yield. It's the zipper. People, when we're merging, we do a zipper. If you don't know what a driving zipper is, Google it and learn it. Don't be an asshole. So my personal food pet peeve are raisins and onions. I'm getting a little better with onions. I cook with them more as long as they're cooked into oblivion. I can handle them. Raw onions? No, absolutely not. Never for no 
reason should there be a raw onion in any food and raisins, especially when they're baked into stuff and their like chewy texture turns into juicy texture. I, I don't even know if that can be considered a pet peeve. Maybe it's just a hate. It's a pet hate. But I just needed to tell you, I needed to get it off my chest. I feel like this is very therapeutic, just getting all of my most hated things off of my chest. Another pet peeve of mine is sloppy drunks. I do not like to babysit my friends. People that get drunk and take their shoes off. People that get drunk and try to start fights with people. People that get drunk and can't stand. I'm not trying to carry. I'm a small lady. I am not super strong and I am not trying to carry my friends. So if you go out drinking with your friends, please keep it under control. Another thing I hate, and let me disclaim this, unless it is being done by somebody from the South, is being called ma'am. Something about it, call me Miss. Miss makes me feel young. Ma'am makes me feel like an old lady. Like, people are like, excuse me, ma'am. I'm like, "Mm, no, excuse me, lady. Excuse me, miss. Excuse me, gal. You, hey, blue haired person. I don't call me anything. I don't know why being called ma'am gets under my skin. Like I said, my disclaimer, if it's somebody from the South and it's like a sweet little, oh, excuse me, ma'am. Like, okay, totally. I Or like a nice Southern gentleman that is like, ma'am. <laughs> like if you're tipping your hat at me while you're saying ma'am, I will accept that. I'm going to go back to traveling for a minute. Let's talk about airplane pet peeves. My all-encompassing airplane pet peeve is just bad plane etiquette. First of all, don't hit the seat in front of you. Please don't hit the seat in front of you for any reason. If you're shuffling around and your knees are whacking into it, remember there's a person sitting on the other side of that very thin chair. If you're putting stuff in the seat pocket in front of you, do it gently. If you are tapping on the screen in front of you, don't do it violently because the screen is on the other side of somebody's head. So please be aware of the seat, the person in the seat in front of you. Also, this one is absolutely disgusting. Cover your mouth when you sneeze and cough, which should have been a thing before COVID. But let me tell you, I always sit at the window because I like to sleep and I always lean over onto the window to sleep. Because of that, there's a little gap, maybe, you know, three or four inches between my seat and the wall. And if the person behind me is coughing or sneezing straight ahead, it's flying right either into my hair, depending on the direction my face is, or right into my face. And I had somebody sneeze once into my mouth. So if you are going to sneeze or cough, especially if you're sitting at the window, you're not in a little cubby hole. There's somebody sitting in front of you. So please, 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 when COVID is long behind us and we're not wearing masks anymore, please cover your mouth when you sneeze or you cough. Also, when you are deplaning, wait your fucking turn. I'm like, I just started sweating my armpit. I'm like, I have my arms up because I'm sweating with anger. People that jump up and grab their bag and try to run down the aisle. Okay, it's one thing if it's an emergency, like you are flying somewhere because there is a fire and you need to put it out. Okay, maybe you're the exception to the rule. Or sometimes the flight attendants will announce, hey, there's a connection if anyone, everyone can stay seated so this you know group of people can get off really fast. I'm always happy to do that, no problem. But if you just think you are more important than all the people behind you and in front of you and you need to get off first, stop it. You're an asshole. Stay in your seat. If you need to stretch your legs, that's fine. Just stand up. Stand up where you're seated. Hunch over a little because you'll probably whack your head on the, you know, the airplane roof. 
but don't jump out. And when everybody is getting off and it's getting close to your turn, just be patient. Let the people in the rows go in front of you. If the row across from you is slightly in front of you, a lot of the time they're staggered. So they're not directly like lined up. And if that row is slightly in front of you, that means it's their turn first. Even if it's in front of you by two inches, it doesn't matter. That's the way it goes. Don't be a jerk. And lastly, if you are on an airplane, my pet peeve is when people eat smelly food. And let me tell you, I am guilty of this. James will probably laugh while he's listening to this because I have been that asshole. We got food at this little place in the airport called Lemonade and I got this like mango chicken, but it had Brussels sprouts in it and I had no idea until I opened it on the plane. And once the beast was unleashed, there was no taking it back and I was starving. So I had to eat. And I apologize to anybody that happened to be on that airplane. It's one thing if you don't know that your food is going to be smelly. But if you're ordering like a McDonald's cheeseburger, maybe get it without onions. Or if you want to bring on, you know, a Slim Jim and a pack of hard-boiled eggs, maybe rethink your life choices or your snack choices. More benign snacks like non-stinky cheese or fruit or a salad or a sandwich with no onions on it or anything in the world that is not smelly. I get motion sick and I get motion sick on airplanes. And when there's smells like really strong, bad smells, it actually makes me physically sick. So please just think of that. Okay. So we are done with my travel pet peeves. Let's just get back into all the other things that drive me insane. So when you're going out to eat, when a waiter comes and sits down to take your order, like they sit in your booth, like, hey, my name's Jill, I'm going to be taking your order. And they like sit down next to you like they're your buddy. Listen, I'm not trying to say that my waiter needs to be like my servant, but my waiter also is not my buddy and I don't need him sitting next to me to take my order. It's weird. It's off-putting. It makes me really uncomfortable. I don't know why. I don't know why this is my pet peeve. Maybe I'm being irrational. I can't help it. It still drives me crazy. So another thing that drives me crazy, and this kind of goes with the chewing with your mouth open, teeth sucking, throat clearing, and sniffing. People that all the time. Let me tell you, I have allergies, so I am guilty of the sniffing. I also take allergy medication and I have a nasal inhaler to try to avoid this, to help with all of this. And the throat clearing I get also because I have allergies. So I clear my throat. It's these things that like do as I say, not as I do. Like I can't help it. I do them, but they also drive me crazy when I hear other people doing them. The teeth sucking thing. I do not understand. I've never sucked my teeth. I don't even really understand how to suck your teeth. I don't know how you make that weird teeth suck whistle sound. I don't know if it's like a nervous tick that people do, or they don't realize they're doing it. It's absolutely disgusting. I had a guy behind me boarding a plane once and he was a close stander and a teeth sucker. So he was essentially sucking his teeth in my ear the whole time I was waiting to get on the airplane. And I just kept giving him dirty looks and I was trying not to be rude or say anything. And I didn't say anything, but I have been informed the chewing, teeth sucking, throat clearing, sniffing. This is a really common pet peeve people had. So many people left it in my comments. And someone else left a comment on that, that it's common because it's actually a disorder and it is called misophonia. It is a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or physiological responses that some might perceive as unreasonable given the circumstance. Those who have misophonia might describe it as when a sound drives you crazy. Their reactions can range from anger and annoyance to panic and the need to flee. So a yes to all of the above in feeling all of these ways when I hear mouth slash sinus slash any noise that your head can make kind of sounds. So apparently it's actually a disorder. So there you go. I feel a little better about it. 
Another thing that is a pet peeve of mine, this comes from my days of watching Bad Girls Club. If anybody ever watched that show, people still say this, but I think it was made popular on that show. When people say they feel some type of way, first of all, okay, so what the, I guess the definition of this is when you feel some type of way is that you're feeling like a negative emotion. So like, oh, that bitch got me feeling some type of way. Like if you're saying it like that, okay. But for me, like grammatically, my brain says, well, if you feel some type of way, that could be any feeling happiness is feeling some type of way and sadness is feeling some type of way. So I don't, (laughs) I don't know why that became uh, a saying. And so it drives me crazy when I hear it said, because it doesn't make any sense to me. So before I get into your pet peeves, I'm going to share James's pet peeve because this one is a really interesting one. And I want to know if anybody else has this, please leave me a message on social media and let me know. His is the sound of a knife or a fork scraping on a plate. So obviously when you hear like one that's really high pitched, it's like nails on a chalkboard. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that made my ears feel a little bad. His is like the tiniest, faintest. If we go to a restaurant and there's someone sitting eight tables away and he hears a little baby scratch on a plate, he says he tastes pennies. And I have to say, I have the same reaction when I hear, oh, I'm getting chills right now, even talking about it. Um, The sound of like ice like icy things. Like if I get in the freezer and I'm moving frozen things around and you hear the sound of like frozen things scraping on each other, I think I get the same reaction. But his plate pet peeve is so interesting to me because it's, I never thought about it, never heard it ever before him. And now I actually listen for it and I realize how often people do this, but it was something I never thought about before. So if you have the same thing, let us know. So before we get into your stories, I had got so many stories. So I wanted to kind of cut my segment a little short so we can talk about all of your pet peeves. So I don't feel like the the lone asshole in this world. Here I am clearing my throat. I actually usually edit those out, but I'm not going to just because I want to prove that (laughs) I am also an asshole. If you have not left me a review yet, please leave me a review on iTunes or Apple Music. I would really, really appreciate it. I appreciate all of the kind words and your reviews really, really do help so much. So let's get into some stories. If you left a story or a comment and it is in this podcast, you will be credited in the contributors section of my notes. So first story is from The Amused Cruise. They say giving good, solid advice many times without follow through. So I take this as meaning like your friend's going through a hard time. You give them advice. They don't take it. They keep doing the same thing. They don't take it. I had a friend that had a boyfriend that was horrible, absolutely horrible, cheated, all these things. And every time I would give her advice, she'd be like, you're right, you're right. And then she would talk to him or she would break up with him. And then she would get back together with him. And that would happen over and over. So I totally understand this pet peeve. Absolutely. Jackie Gomez says, my biggest pet peeve is people who are constantly late or cancel very last minute. I always send a, are we still on text a day before and the morning of, and they won't cancel until a few minutes before we're supposed to meet up. So I have to tell you, I didn't include some of these pet peeves in my main section because I share them with you. People being late is probably my number one pet peeve. I'm of the mind of like, if you're early, you're on time. Especially in LA, people use traffic as an excuse. And I'm like, listen, unless you are new here, you know there's traffic, plan ahead. Be early, keep a book in your car. There's no excuse to be late in this city unless like a freeway is closed last minute or something crazy happens. But yeah, people being late. And I have friends that are late consistently and they think it's cute. Like, I'm late. I think I've talked about this in previous podcasts. This is how much it drives me crazy. 
Ashley Claiborne says, nicknames. I loathe when people I barely know try to call me Ash. I hate it. And if you don't know, I hate it. Then we're not close enough for you to be giving me a nickname. LOL. I agree with you. So Cherry obviously is a nickname from Cherokee growing up and I've never minded Cherry, whatever. I hate when people call me Chair, C-H-E-R, Chair. Chair is something you sit on. It is not my name. It is not what I want to be called. You have to remember too that names are very personal to people. And when you're changing someone's given name or what they prefer to be called, you're really doing them a disservice and it can really be frustrating and hurtful. So please don't nickname. I nickname my friends like outlandish names. Like I have a friend Monkey and a friend Bigfoot and a friend Thumbkin and a friend like I, I have all these funny nicknames, but those are my like homies, like my besties. I would never call somebody something besides their name unless I knew them well enough to do that. Stephanie Miller says, my biggest is people who are convinced the phrase is I could care less when it's actually supposed to be I couldn't care less. This one gets me too. If you could care less, that means you care. (laughs) Just so you know, if you ever say that, you couldn't care less means you care the least amount possible. So make sure you're saying I couldn't and not I could. Oh, this name. I have to get really close to my computer. Oh, I hope I don't mispronounce this. I'm so sorry if I do. Linchi Vandenhendi? Anything detox, detox tea, detox smoothie, you name it. Girl, if you need to use a smoothie to clear toxins, you got to get your kidneys and liver checked because that's their job. On a similar note, boosting your immune system with teas and smoothies, etc. Technically, a boosted immune system isn't great because it will overreact, aka things like allergies. In the end, though, drinking a nice smoothie keeps your vitamins going, which will support your body, and that's what we want. I am with you, girlfriend, boyfriend, they friend, I don't know who who you are, um, but I am with you on this one. And I, I'm thinking about doing a whole podcast on clean beauty, maybe just the, the beauty industry. I'm actually going to type this in my podcast ideas, right? As I'm talking to you, because it drives me insane. But yeah, the whole detoxing thing, you do, your body doesn't need to detox. Your skin doesn't need to detox. Your lymphatic system and your kidneys and your liver are what detox your body. There's no outside force that's going to speed that up or that's going to change it. You're not pulling toxins out of your body. You're not eliminating toxins out of your body that scientifically doesn't exist. That's what your organs are for. And if they're not doing their job, then that's when you go see a doctor, not drink a smoothie or a tea. Madison J. Murray says, living in the Midwest, one of my biggest is when it's either foggy or snowy and people in white silver cars do not have their headlights on. I'm with you. So if being from Oregon, people always have their headlights on. And when I moved to California, I realized when it's foggy or rainy here, I don't think people get it. So here's the thing. Legally, legally in every state, if you have your wipers on, if it's raining and you need your windshield wipers on, you legally have to have your headlights on, even if it's daytime, because that means the visibility is lowered. So just remember that, please, when you're driving. And it also doesn't matter if your car is white or silver. I mean, obviously, that makes it harder to see cars when you're merging. But it's hard as hell to see cars when it's or when the sun is setting and people don't turn their headlights on. I have like a new car now, which is fancy as hell. It's way too fancy for me. It's just Mazda 3, but it seems very fancy. And I just keep my headlights on auto. So if I'm in a bright daylight, they're off. And as soon as I get into a parking garage, they automatically turn on. So please, please turn your headlights on. Catherine M. Delude says, I'll admit I am guilty of this myself. 
me too, sister, and do my best to keep it in check, but I cannot stand being interrupted or cut off when I'm talking against under my skin so bad. This is actually one thing I am working on. I'm working on this so hard. I am an enthusiastic speaker. When I'm talking to somebody, I'm very excited usually about what I'm talking about. I'm not much of a small talker. So if you get me talking, it's usually because I'm excited about what I'm talking about. And when I'm excited, I just want you to know what I have to say. And I am listening and I know it can come off that you're not listening when you're cutting people off, but it's just my excitement to talk to people. So I have been working on it. Definitely. I have been told many times that I am an interruptive talker, but it is really annoying when people do that. So I get it. At Michael Cazzo says, leaving wet towels on the bed or other furniture or worse, putting a very wet towel in a clothes hamper. This one drives me insane as well. And James will do this. He'll come into the room out of the shower. I change in the bathroom. So my towel is always hung on the back of the door, but he changes in the bedroom and he'll just fling his towel off of his wet body onto the bed. And then it makes the blanket and the sheets wet. It also makes things smell musty. I'm with you. Or when you accidentally step on a wet towel, especially if you're wearing socks, so annoying. At Stephanie DeShiro said, no trash bag in the trash can. I'm calling James out on all his bad behavior today. He does this too. I have to say, I am so grateful. He always takes the trash out, but he'll take it out and then he will not put a trash bag back in. And we have a trash can that the lid closes automatically. So if it doesn't have a bag in it, you can't tell. So I'll be in the middle of cooking and I have like a handful of rotten food, not rotten, but like food scraps or eggshells or chicken guts or whatever it is. And I hit my little trash can button with my foot and it pops open and there's no bag in it. Then I have to turn around and put all the stuff I'm holding down somewhere on the counter and then wash my hands and get a bag. It's very inconvenient. So please get in the habit. People, if you take the trash out, just put a bag back in it. I don't think it's that hard. I don't think. I pretty much never take the trash out. So I don't know. I can't judge. Amy Rem says, people telling me I'll like a food I already told them I don't want slash like. LOL. I know, really specific, but people look at me like I have three tits when I say I hate candy, cake, ice cream, junk food. Okay, first of all, I would look at you like you had three tits. If you said that, good for you. It's better for your life if you don't like those things. But oh my God, I live on candy, cake, ice cream, junk food. I mean, that's like, oh my God, I can't imagine. However, going back to onions and raisins, People, especially with onions, especially when I was younger, I hated onions on anything. And it would be like, I hate onions. And then it would be like, oh, no, no, but these are Walla Walla sweet onions. You'll love them. I'm like, no, dude, it's an onion. An onion is an onion. Like it, it all tastes the same to me. I can't tell the difference between a red onion or a yellow onion or a white onion or a green onion. It's all the same, all the same. And I know I don't like it and I'm not going to like it. It doesn't matter. People, tofu, I hate tofu always, but it just depends on what it's cooked in. No, dude, I hate the texture and the texture isn't going to change. Well, eat silken tofu. The texture's different. Yeah, it's still mushy. No, thank you. Chelsea Courier says, when clients moan during their entire massage. <laughs> so this is my last submission. And I thought this was really funny. I do personal services and luckily I've never had anybody that moans really, but I understand the amount of relaxation that happens when you are giving, I give, you know, facial massages. So I can, I can imagine the relaxation that would happen. I have actually had massages. And when I was on Warp Tour, I used to get deep tissue massages to help with just like my body alignment being, you know, working all day. So when I would get massaged, I would go on the tour bus of the masseuse and there'd be other people on the bus. And they told me that it sounded like sex noises when I was getting massaged. I physically couldn't control it. Like 
when they're pushing on certain parts, especially in the middle of your back, it forces air out of your lungs. So you're like, ah, like you can't not do that when you're getting a deep tissue massage. I mean, maybe you can, maybe there's some people that can. So just so you know, some, maybe the moaning, if it's just relaxation moaning, that's kind of strange, but if it's deep tissue and it's like something painful or really deep and aggressive, sometimes that's unavoidable. But I think I would be very uncomfortable if somebody was like pleasure moaning during an entire massage. I only have two questions this week. Most of my submissions were your your stories and I thought they were great. I think I might need to do a whole other pet peeve podcast. Oh, that's a good alliteration. Um, another PPP. I guess that we think a PPP is different now, but a pet peeve podcast because I was still getting them this morning when I was looking. They were still coming in on my Instagram and Facebook. So I'm glad that everybody out there is just annoyed with the world as I am. It makes me feel uh, less alone in my assholery. And so the two questions I have, one is from at Flossie underscore fantastic. Do you have any pet peeves about pets? P.S. Love your podcast. Thank you, Flossie. I'm glad you listen. Pet peeves about pets. That's another alliteration. Pet, pet peeves. <laughs> another PPP. Um, pets. You know, it does drive me crazy when people have pets. So not necessarily if your dogs are jumpy because whatever, like not everybody can afford great dog trainers that can help you get that under wraps. But when people know their dogs are jumpy or you know the little dogs that kind of jump up and then they like really claw at your legs, people that have those kind of pets that don't trim their dog's nails. One, because if you're bare-legged, it hurts like hell and I have been scratched like broken skin scratched before by these kind of dogs. Two, if you're wearing pants or tights or lace or anything where it's going to rip, you're destroying people's clothing with your pets. And I think it's really rude. And if you have a, a pet like that, either trim their nails, get them a trainer or put them away when you have company over because it's not fair to do that to people. And let me tell you, I love dogs, love dogs. Give me all the dogs. I want to cuddle them all, but I don't want to be injured or have my clothing damaged by them. I also am kind of peeved. I go on a lot of hikes and, you know, there's dog parks that are, you know, you can take your dogs off leashes and dog beaches that you can take your dogs off leashes, but hiking trails are not that. And there are no hiking trails where dogs aren't supposed to be legally on a leash. And people are always like, oh, but my dog's friendly. But that's the thing is you don't know if the other dogs are friendly. And I've seen dog fights and I've heard of injuries that dogs have had just by people being careless with having their dogs off leash. If you want your dog off a leash, do it in a dog park, do it in your home, do it in your own fenced yard. I think it's really dangerous. So yep, those are my pet pet peeves. Last question is by at fit underscore pinup underscore Val. Where did the word or saying pet peeve come from? So I gave you the definition of what a pet peeve was in the beginning of the podcast, but I thought this was interesting because I like origins of words. So I googled this and the term pet peeve was introduced to a wide readership in this single panel comic strip, The Little Pet Peeve, in the Chicago Tribune during the period 1916 to 1920. So the author of this, his last name was King, and King's little pet peeves were humorous critiques of generally thoughtless behaviors and nuisance frustrations. So... I mean, I feel like pet peeves have always existed as a sort of idea, but that was the first time that the word pet peeve came to be. Who knows why he called it a pet peeve, but that was the first time that that phrase was used. So it's been over a hundred years that pet peeves 
have been in existence as a pet peeve, but I'm sure humans have been annoying since the beginnings of time. But one thing I just want to close this podcast with is that yes, humans are annoying. Yes, we annoy each other. But just remember that there are a lot of these things that other humans don't realize they're doing. And I am guilty of this myself in the judgment, in the dirty looks and all of that. So one, please be more gentle with people that do frustrate you, especially with the throat clearing, teeth sucking. Those sometimes can be tics as well. So people that have neuroatypical behaviors like maybe autism or Tourette's, that people do those things that they have no control over. They're also sometimes things people are doing unconsciously that they have no idea that they're doing. And also culturally, some of these things, you know, like talking loud in public or standing really close in a line, uh, those differ culture to culture as well. So please be more open-minded and more patient with other humans. But on the other side of that, please be more aware of your behaviors and things you're doing. If you have a pen in your hand and you're clicking it incessantly, please understand that that's probably really annoying. Or if you are eating a tuna fish sandwich on an airplane, maybe not the best thing for the people around you. So I guess in closing, I would just say, don't be an asshole. And until next week, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye everyone. (laughs) 